Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. What up with you, Doug Outlip Show? Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're great. Appreciate you, Mark Callahan, reaching out on social media. Fan of the show. I'm a fan of anybody who's a fan of the show. Uh, I'm a fan, obviously, of basketball. I, last night was cool, man. I, I, it ended up being a really cool setup. Um, and it being a really cool setup for basketball fans, right? Where you're you're sitting there and you're watching the Lakers and then you're keeping an eye on the Clippers and then the Lakers game gets done. You flip over and there's the Clippers and you're like, oh my gosh, they're down 10. <laughs> and you do expect everybody to make a run. And they kind of did, but the game was never really, I never feel like it was really in doubt. Oh, um, but man, I mean, it's, it's, it's just three guys, you know. Luca had 39. They did have seven turnovers, seven assists, seven rebounds, 39. And then Perzingis' ability to stretch the floor, making three threes of his own. You know, look, you have a starting lineup, right? Just do the math really quickly. Um, Finney Smith only had one three, three points. He's, he's a D and occasional three guy. Maxi Kleber had a couple of threes, has 13, really efficient game. But but so he's two for two, right? So now you're three of six with, with Dorian Finney-Smith being uh, one for four. Three of six. So Tim Hardaway Jr. is six of eight from three. Like, wow, okay. So now we're, we're what, nine of 14? Christophs Przingis is three of four. Do the math now, okay? Now you're up to what? 12 of 18. And then you have Luka Doncic, who is 5 of 13. So you're at what, 31 and whew, 17 of 31 from three. 
first year starters. And they end up eight of 18 of 34 as a team, but like 17 of 31. And it's very easy for you, the layman to go, well, just stop letting them shoot threes. Well, part of it is they're, they're giving up so much penetration. They, they, they try to double team Luca to keep the, you know, to, to keep him from going from 50. And when they did, he finds the right guy. He may not get the assist. He may get the, the hockey assist. They're a mess. A mess. Here's Paul George on his level of concern. There's no level of concern. I mean, we, we just got to play our game. We got to play through this. Um, we got we to gotta incorporate our defense. Um, Lucas going to get his touches. We just got to do a better job defensively of just quieting everyone else. Got to do a better job of quieting everybody else. Yeah, you also need to figure out how you're going to guard Luca because helping on Luca is one of the things that have derailed you. Here's Kawhi Leonard. It's, it's not magic. We got to, you know, come out and, you know, play basketball. Like I said, get stops. They shooting too great in the first two games. And we have to help each other. We have to help each other. Too many straight line drive dunks, layups. Yeah, we, we got to hang our head on the defensive end. He's right, though, right? Like, like so oftentimes we point out the three-pointers and you give up, you know, a team shoots 53% from three, you're going to lose most of those games. But far too many easy hoops. And the Clippers, you know, look, it's a little bit of fool's gold. Their three-point shooting in the regular season, being the number one three-point shooting team in the regular season. Kawhi Leonard was 4-7. He had 41. Uh, the you know, he had 30 in the first half. The problem was that while he had 30 in the first half, you know, the team they're playing against was able to put up 71. They, that was 73-71. I just think playing at that pace, playing at that pace is so free and so open that it gives the Mavericks a lot more confidence and plays more into their hands. That even when you're scoring, you're scoring almost too easily, so you're now back playing defense. And the more, the more shots you hit, the worse your defense becomes. You know? Yes, John Ramos. Do you agree then that do you just let Luca just do his thing and just stop everybody else? Is that is that a recipe to win, or you you have to stop him as well? I think you got to. He's really really hard to guard because he's got everything but a crazy first step, and he makes up for the lack of crazy first step with all of the tricks and that nasty step back, you know? And he just, I don't know, it's really hard to guard him. You know, you put Pat Beverly on him, he's just too big. He's just too big. You could put Kawhi on him, um, but then the problem with putting Kawhi on him, this is what not a lot of people will say, is you're going to get worn out, you know? (laughs) If you guard the other team's best player who has the ball as much as Luka has the ball, in addition to the possibility of drawing fouls, you're just going to get worn out. Then you got to go and score 30 at the other end. Um, yeah, I mean, you could. You definitely could. And and maybe it wears Luka out to have to, uh, to have to put that much on his shoulders where you're not helping out. That's the old LeBron James deal. And it wouldn't surprise me if they tried it one game. I think they just got to find a way to win a game. Right? You got you to get on the board. And then you can kind of figure out what kind of cute things you want to do. Is that a is that a is that a way to get it going? Yes, it is. Um, this last game, they really tried in the fourth quarter to double him, to throw a double on on him, and Tim Hardaway Jr. hitting a massive three. That that was kind of that. Like I think Przingis hit one as well. Because because that thing got a little bit close, and then the Mavericks just, you know. Bang, 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 hit a couple of shots, and that, 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 was, that was that. Yes, John Ramos. So Paul George had 28 points, but the one thing I noticed in the game is his three-point shot was nowhere. I mean, that to right. me is where he makes his bread and butter. And when you're missing that, and even though you got 28 points, and you, he did go to the rim a lot, and he, he was finding other ways to score, I just feel like if that's where people look at him as is this three-point guy and he's missing them all, that's got to play into his head a little bit, don't you think? I mean, oh, or is no, it? No question. Yeah. No question. But there I mean, remember, se- look. Yeah. There, there was a sequence there. It was four and change to go. And Marcus Morris hit a three. It was 114-109. The Mavericks called timeout. And Luka misses a pull-up jump shot. 
And Paul George takes a deep three and they never got that close again. Never. And I, I just thought that was a perfect example of you should have gone to Kawhi Leonard. He had carried you. Let, let Kawhi get to the free throw line, get to one of his spots. They just never got that close again. They got to six one more time. But um, uh, actually, they actually they cut to four with 124 to go. But that's when they throw They ran a double at Luca and he found Tim Hardaway, who hit a big three. And that, that was the ball game. But those two circumstances, you know, where they just couldn't get a stop. Couldn't get a stop. And, and the Mavericks, as much as you could say, hey, it's about these other guys, it's, they have to figure out what they want to do with Luka because he just scores far too easily. Do I think it's in his head? Of course I do. Of course I do. It also and felt like the, it was when their role players were hitting those shots. Like, it wasn't just that they were. Like it was that Josh Richardson, Richardson at the end of the game, like the dagger, you know, like they had cut it. And I don't know. It's just... I get doubling Luca, but it seems like it inevitably would just leave someone wide open and those guys would hit it every single time. Yes, but I, I think what they want to do is they want to get it out of Luca's hands early in the possession. Um, they were getting out of his hands a little bit too late in the possession. Make somebody else beat It's an old basketball edge. Make somebody other than the best player beat you. The problem was they couldn't get it to where it was going back around to Dorian Finney-Smith. They, could, they couldn't get... You want to make the guy who's open for a reason, the guy who's not... You know, like, Maxi Kleber has one job, that's to make jump shots. Yeah. Do you think so, Porzingis has more that, that he can do or can't do? He seems like he's doing stuff, but it just seems like he's there. <laughs> I mean, wasn't he like he the Knicks' like, best player for like two Remember years? He had a really devastating knee injury. Okay. Not the same guy. And... So he doesn't move. He's never been particularly good defensively, but he can he can block shots, can stretch the fl- and he can stretch the floor on offense, and he's not terrible. He's just not a star. Luca's the star. Luca's the guy. I mean, he just dominated that game. What a player, man! And that step back is so filthy because how he does it, he steps back while he's dribbling, so he comes out of a crossover doing it. And it's just very, very difficult. And he's he's quick enough to get by everybody, but it looks slow, and his body doesn't look super cut. But he's incredibly strong. He uh, that's probably the part that doesn't get discussed so much. We all talk about the Clippers. How about Luka Doncic? Yeah, I just think it's interesting that I think people people it happened with Steph Curry. Remember when he was taking those long jump shots with these people? Like, oh my God, well, how lucky is this guy? I mean, is it luck or is it just that's their game? Like. I'm sure Luca Donch, I'm sure he practices those shots all the time. They act like he just starts throwing up balls from like deep, like, wow, what a lucky the, shot. The like, other, no, I don't think so. The other thing people forget about Luca is he's been going against grown men for a long time. Like, he's he, only 22. I can't yeah, believe that when I saw in, that. In Europe, like, he's, this is no, nope. he's like Bane. He's like, I was born <laughs> in the darkness. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's, he's so good. He's so good. Like his feel, his ability to get into your body, to create space, you know, the passing, the finishing, he's got, uh, he's got just enough swag, you know, but it's not about, it's not about how his game looks. It just, yeah. And he's having fun. I never seen a guy smile so much during a game. Like you feel like he has no pressure on him whatsoever. Like he's just having a good time. And he talks trash. Okay. The only, the only part. (laughs) that I'll rip him for is his whining. He complains a lot. Like now a lot of these guys do, but, um, Doug Who do doesn't you, complain. Exactly. Exactly. Doug, do you think he will be the face of the league after LeBron retires? Um, can a no. Euro be that person? Uh, yeah. Like, I don't think, yeah, I don't know. It's a great question. Um, I think I heard them say I mean, that on Dirk, the broadcast. Dirk was beloved, but he's not. He was never the face of the league, right? Was beloved. Uh, I don't think Giannis can. I mean, I guess Steph would be the next yeah. up. But Steph's also in his thirties. I, I think, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think Steph. Um, look, there's a really good new wave of people. You got Damian Lillard. He'll probably not not win a championship if he stays in Portland. But Lillard is beloved. Um, John and he has a player for the gym. Then you have these young guys. You have Zion and John Morant, um, and and kind of this kind of next generation of guys. 
I don't, I don't know. He's really good. And he does have a dynamic personality. And I would agree with John Ramos that it does look like he's having a good time. And that's part of the thing that I think drew people to, to Steph as opposed to LeBron. Whereas LeBron, it's, it, you know, it's about working and making and mean mugging and making faces or whatever. And, and I think LeBron actually, I've been told by people, he has a ton of fun. He finds a way to make everything fun, but it's the perception of, of LeBron, which I don't think feels that way. Whereas it does feel that way with Luca. Do I think he'd be the face of the league? I don't know. Luca's having fun. So is Tom Brady. Wait till you see how much or hear how much fun that's upcoming next. But first hustler turf, one of the largest manufacturers of zero turn lawnmowers offer a military discounts to veterans and active duty military from May 17th to May 31st. Hustler turf is donating $13 for every lawnmower sold to folds of honor. If you're not familiar with folds of honor, they're a nonprofit organization that provides educational scholarships to the families of military men and, and women who have fallen or been disabled while on active duty. $13 represents the 13 folds performed during a flag folding ceremony. Not only that, over 100 of Hustler's authorized dealers have also decided to support this worthy cause. And they'll match the $13 for every unit they sell. Go now and find your local Hustler dealer at HustlerTurf.com. Not only will you be purchasing the strongest, most durable zero-turn lawnmower in the market, until May 31st, you'll be giving back to those who have given so much to us. Simply go to HustlerTurf.com. Dot com today. That's hustlerturf.com. Did you guys see this? That Tom Brady and Phil Mickelson are going to face off against Aaron Rodgers and Bryson DeChambeau in the, in the match. And then even better is Tom Brady with, 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 with tweets using memes, right? Where you guys have seen the video of uh, uh, Brooks Kepka when he's sitting there doing an interview with the Golf Channel and Bryson DeChambeau walks by and he and he like loses his train of thoughts because he clearly they don't like each other at all. So Bryson walking by and it says the Packers kicking a field goal down seven. Aaron Rodgers rolling his eyes. Classic. Weren't they down eight, by the way? I think I think you're right. I thought that was the first thing I thought when I saw that. Plus, I was surprised. I thought Brady would see the you know analytic angle of it. By the way, Tom Brady still bad at numbers, right? He was that—that that should be the comeback for Aaron Rodgers. He thought it was third Forget down. Oh, it was—it was fourth down. But Brady having some fun on social media—I'm here for all that stuff. That—that that thing is—that is fun. That is fun. And of course, you know that you know. I mean, like, look—he's with Phil, who's going to go for it. Aaron Rodgers on his Instagram said it's good versus evil, light versus dark, resistance versus the empire. Montana, July 6th. They're going to do it in Montana. Montana's amazing in July. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. 
I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Juan Gabriel. Juan Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Carol G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Extina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph! Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. Stug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Um, th- there is something about being in a locker room, even after losses. Right? Like I, I, I told, I told Irvin Meyer this when he worked for us. Um, I, I was hosting for Cowherd and we got to sit with him and kind of pre-interview him and, and talk to him about a couple of things. And we almost never do that with anybody we have on. And I said, coach, you know, when we were to work together at ESPN, I knew you were going to come back to coaching. He's like, how? He's like, I was done. I didn't want to. I was like, you start, you were doing games. I was like, if you go do games and you watch the team lose that you're in your mind, you're thinking if I would, I would have done this, this, and this, it's going to make you almost want to be in the losing locker room to be on that bus to the airplane, to go home, to figure out how to fix it. It, it just, it's addicting to be around young people and to be your competitor. I'm interested in our next guest and see if, if that's why for the second time he's come out of retirement to lead a defense, this time with the Atlanta Falcons. He's Dean Pease, a legendary defensive mind in the sport. He's a new offensive, excuse me, new defensive coordinator of the Atlanta Falcons. He joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Coach, how are you? Great, Doug. How are you? I'm good. Um, okay, so what what was the year off like, the year away like? Granted, it was a year unlike any other obviously with with limited on-field coaching and and Zoom meetings but for you you stepped away what a, a, for a year what was it like for you well probably i picked the right year if i was going to step away that that's for sure but i tell you what it was um, it was hard it was it was really hard i just i didn't really i think really realize how much i was going to miss it uh, i was asked to do a radio show there in tennessee which probably didn't help because then I watched film all week, getting ready to preview the game that week. And I just went, the more I watched the film, the more I missed it. Uh, I went to one game 
I couldn't stand it <laughs> sitting in the stands. Uh, it, it was it was a hard year. After 48 years of doing it, it was it was really really difficult to spend a year off, and so I'm really really happy to be back. You sure? I mean, you could be on some beach somewhere, right? <laughs> talk, talk, talking about that. I mean, where people are like, Coach, you're so great. You show me the Super Bowl ring, right? You could be pick a beach, or if you want to do the farming thing, or the rolling hills of the Carolinas, or or whatever. You sure you want to do this again? I'd probably be on a beach thinking about what I'd be doing if I was coaching football. So, no, I, I absolutely. And my wife was on board totally, and and. The whole family. You know what the other thing is, Doug, that you, you don't really realize is my family, kids, grandkids, the whole family has been such a part of this life yeah. that when you step away, I remember one of my grandsons going, okay, Grandpa, who are we supposed to root for now? You know, and it's kind of like you don't really realize how involved and how wrapped up they are, and they get to come to practice, and they get to meet all these guys that are superstars, and they get so involved in it, and then all of a sudden it's like they look at you like, why are you doing this? And you realize that it really kind of affects the whole family. It really does. Yeah, yeah. And 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 you're around more, and it turns out they don't like you that much. They're like, we liked you better when you were at work. And <laughs> I, was, just I was hoping you wouldn't go to that part of it. But, you know, my wife, she was awful happy when Arthur offered me the job. I, I You know, I kind of look and go, well, that probably tells me something. How how did how does it work? How did it work where he Arthur Smith, of course, was in Tennessee. He'd been in Tennessee a long time. He even started on the defensive side of the ball, yeah. working over the, uh, to, to to offense. Um, how did it come to be? Was it a text? Was it a call? Like, how did he offer you the job? No, actually, I think in some ways I probably um, talked to him a little bit because I talked to him and just said something about you know, well, I tell you what, I, I think I want to get back in it, and that was all it took. And then after that. You know, he and I talked, and he said, you know, I think I'm going to have some opportunities out there. And I said, well, he goes, you know, would you would you be interested? And I said, absolutely. And uh, because you, I really, I'll be honest, Doug, I really wasn't looking to get back into it. I had had some other calls from a couple other coaches, and I really wasn't that interested. I really wanted to be with somebody that I absolutely really wanted to be with when you're at this age. You know, it's not like okay, I gotta have a job. It was I'm coming back because I want to be back and I want to be with the people that I want to be with, and that was Arthur. And so it was all about Arthur Smith and Atlanta. To be honest with you, because there were some other jobs he was interviewing with that I was kind of not really. I don't know if I would have gone, but it was Atlanta and it was Arthur, and those two things combined made my decision easy. Okay, so um, style-wise, obviously, you know, like. Dan Quinn, we it was they were they were trying to patch holes in the defense ever since the Super Bowl, right? The Super Bowl year, they kind of figured it out. But his style was, you know, four three, a lot of base stuff, and then they they tried to tinker with it and fix it, and it was just the the dam kind of broke, right? Um, what's the process like of taking a defense which is created for somebody else? It's like it's like it's like trying to rewire somebody's home theater system, right? How do you go and wire it to the way in which you like to coach defense? Well, I think first of all, you, you know, everybody has a system, but I think the one thing about our system is that it's very adaptable, and I've always said it's it's very multiple, both front and in the secondary. And the reason that it's so multiple is because life changes in the NFL every year, and sometimes <laughs> during the week. Uh, we Baltimore one year we started eight different corners. Well, not all those corners can play the same, and so we've kind of learned over the years that you know I want to be very multiple because that way, when you look at the talent that you have, you assess it and you say, okay, what can this guy do? I mean, it's no you're crazy if you go out and try to play a bunch of man coverage with corners that can't play man coverage, or you right. go out there and play a bunch of zone coverage with guys that can't break on the ball that don't have the speed to to really redirect and break on the ball. So. You, you assess your talent, and then you build your defense according to that talent. And that's what we got to do. We got to, you know, we're assessing our guys right now in OTAs. We've watched them a little bit on film, but I'll be honest with you, the the film that I watched, I didn't take a whole lot from because I don't know, I didn't know their system, and I don't know if they're doing the right thing, the wrong thing. I don't really know. All I know is, can they run? Can they hit? Can they do this? Are they smart? all those things, and so then we have to adapt what we do 
based on who we have. You know, when Mike McCarthy sat out for a year, he did the film sessions with the with his, some of his guys, and of course he took that staff down to Dallas. You were boning up on on Titans stuff, but did, did it give you a chance to step out and watch anybody else in the league and to see trends, or was it only through the lens of, of the Titans? No, it really did. Because here, here, here's what I did was every week I, was at, I had a Friday radio show in the morning, and what I would do is I would talk about the uh, opponent that the Titans were playing. I never wanted to talk about the Titans, and I didn't feel like that was fair since I had just come from the Titans. That's that's really a bad position to be put in. So all I did was I'd talk about, like, Jacksonville's offense or whatever. But by watching the film of Jacksonville's offense to get ready to talk about them, I was watching everybody else's defense. So it did. You know, I, I watched a lot of defenses last year, probably more than I would have ever watched when – you know, I actually was playing a team. Like, if we were playing Atlanta, I'm watching, you know, Matt Ryan and, you know, the the offense really strong and seeing what their tendencies are. I'm not really watching somebody else's defense. This year was a little different. I did watch a lot of defenses because I was trying to assess what the other opposing offense would try to do against Tennessee. You know, the we talk with, with Sean Payton a lot at the Super Bowl. Like, every year – I, I interview him, and every year he usually spends like a half hour off air. We're talking about kind of trends. And and he's kind of hit me with this for the last couple of years, which is the, the the versatility you see in basketball is going to have to be the versatility in football outside of your front, right? Which is, you know, linebackers have to be able to run, you know, maybe even better than safeties used to be able to run, you know, and 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 cover and safeties as well. Uh, that ability to to have non cornerbacks cover how how much has that is it changing in terms of of the alignments and the personnel groupings and even now this year with the numbers where guys can wear whatever number they want how much has changed in the past couple of years in terms of the need for versatile defenders oh it's a, it's it's an absolute must um, here's what's really is kind of happened when you think about it, Doug. Is the guys that are now linebackers that weigh 225? You know, when I was going back to New England in you know 2004, 2005, those were the size of our safeties. You know, the linebackers really now have glorified what used to be safeties. They can they got to run, they got to cover, and all that. You don't you don't really see the. I mean, I had I had two linebackers that when I was at New England, one was 260 and the other one was 245. Well, you'd be hard, you know, hard to find that on a team now. You know, you got smaller guys that can run. The game's wide open. You got all these tight ends. You know, tight ends 15 years ago were big guys that could knock you off the ball. Yeah, they could catch the ball a little bit. Now they're glorified wide receivers. They're big, but they're really wide receivers. And so you got to have guys that got to be able to match up and cover those guys. You can't do that with linebackers. So it's or or big guys that can't run. It's a speed game. I mean, the, the the whole game is built for offense. It's opened it up. College is wide open. The other thing is you're still drafting the guys that played in college. And so what college guys are is they're bringing in high school guys that are fast guys that play linebacker and all that stuff. So when you go out in the draft, you're not going to find a bunch of 250-pound linebackers. You're going to find a bunch of linebackers that can are fast. And so they aren't taking on offensive linemen like they used to. On the same token, the offensive line isn't like it used to be either. They're much more athletic. You know, the zone schemes, the RPOs, all that kind of stuff. So it's just the, the game has really gotten a lot, lot faster. And yeah, so, your, your, so your, your faster linebackers, I mean, Michael Walker is 230, Deion Jones is 222, and Olicon is, is what, 215, right? I mean, it's exactly what you're talking about. Like, these guys are light, and they have, they have to be to fly. they got to be able to hit as well. But uh, it, it, it is so much a speed and coverage game. It is, absolutely. It's, it's, Coach Belichick used to always say, look at this. In all honesty, everybody talks about it, and we all do on defense, say you got to stop the run. But Coach Belichick used to always say, look, it's a passing league. It is. I mean, the teams that are really, yeah, you can run the ball, and, and Art did an unbelievable job running the ball with a great tailback at Tennessee. And you got to run it. You do on offense, and you got to stop it on defense. But make no question about it. You, it's still the quarterback-driven league that can throw the ball. There's, um, 
you know, the, the Tampa has all 22, but all 22 starters back, right? Yep. Both sides, well, start starting everybody back. You've yep. been on two Super Bowl winning teams. Um, you know, this like, why is it so difficult to repeat? Well, you know, complacency is sometimes part of it. Um, you know, it, it's, it's as much as coaches harp on it, that we're starting over guys sometimes don't view it that way. They kind of feel like I'm a, it's a little bit like a veteran. Sometimes you feel like you're established. Well, you really, you know what? You're really never established. Um, about the time that you think you got all the answers as a coach, you don't. Somebody comes along and, and you find out you don't have all the answers. And I think it's, you know, I was on a team that repeated there in New England from 2003 to 2004. It was really unusual. And then the other, the other thing, in their case, it's a little different because on the team that I was on in 2012 at Baltimore, we, won it, we lost eight guys off of defense that year to other teams that got paid. Well, that was kind of hard to repeat because we didn't have the same – didn't have the same team, basically. The, the coaching staffs, um, too, it, though. It, that, 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 happens, that happens with the coaching staffs, right? Like, Philadelphia oh, yeah. brought players back but lost most of their coaching staff. So you lose the continuity, uh, you lose the continuity there. I mean, that's the problem with success is everybody wants a piece of it. Yeah, absolutely. Guys get co- – coordinators get head coaching jobs. Position coach get coordinator jobs. Yeah, it's, it's hard to do that. But you know what? It, it's – the best team I ever played on didn't win the Super Bowl. It was the team that we went 18-1. and won. We should have right. won the Super Bowl, but we yes. didn't. But, you know, we always talk about I get two Super Bowl wins, but the best team was really the 18-1 and one team when we should have won it. And I think we came back the next year and didn't make the playoffs for the first time. You know, it's about the only time I haven't been in the playoffs. We were eleven and five, but we didn't make the playoffs the following year in eight. Should be pointed out. Should be pointed out. There was a certain quarterback who got hurt that, yes. that year. Yes. Tom, that yes. was the we, one year Tom Brady didn't play. Game, unfortunately, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, how long till you know if it's going to work with this group? Right, like it's a new group, and right now you're zero and zero, and you know, with the exception of some of these guys not showing up at the OTAs. How you've been doing this a long time? Have have you? Early, is it training camp? Is it you need preseason games? Is it to the regular? How long till you know? Okay, that this is going to work on the defensive side of the ball. Well, I think what you you look at is uh, we'll know coming out of OTAs. I, I really feel like we'll get such a grasp on our guys have been tremendous, Doug. I'm telling you. And our, you know, we did everything virtual in our first part of this thing called Phase One. You know, we could do it for four weeks, but it was all virtual. Unbelievable attendance doing it. Unbelievable. I, it was not what I expected. It was incredible. And our guys have come in here in OTAs and have caught on real quick because we do a lot. We are not a simple defense by any means. These guys are hungry, and I really like what I see. And. I think we're going to be a very fast defense. Now, by the end of OTAs and we have everything installed, the only thing that we won't be able to tell is the physical part of it, of guys actually taking on a block or getting off a block and doing that stuff because we can't do anything live. We're not in pads. But if we keep continuing like we've done these first two days of OTAs, we'll know by the end of OTAs whether our system, we can use the system that we're trying to put in place then it's just a matter of, okay, can we physically do these things once we get the pads on? Dean, welcome back. Uh, the league miss you. We're happy to have you back. Can't wait to see what you do in Atlanta, and thanks so much for your time. Oh, uh, Thanks for having me on. Just an incredible wealth of information. Dean Pease, a guy who's been a lifer in football, tried to t- tried to walk away, and they're just like the mafia. They, they keep bringing you, bringing you back. Now he gets a chance to turn around that Falcons defense. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. What's up, everyone? It's me, three-time NFL All-Pro Sean Marion. And I have a new sports podcast called the Lights Out Podcast with Sean Marion. This podcast is special to me as I get a chance to talk to some of the best who've ever done it on the field or the track. So whether it's talking to a Super Bowl champion or a NASCAR Cup Series champion, the Lights Out Podcast will bring it to you the only way I know how to. I'm giving you the best insight from the best who've ever done it. Listen to Lights Out with Sean Marion on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcast. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. 
Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Juan Gabriel. Juan Gis. Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Carol G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Ex-Tina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph! Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. John Minokoff and Brandon Wheaton tomorrow. Doug Gottlieb show rolls on here on Fox Sports Radio. Let's get to the press. The press. Steve DeSeger, what do you have, my friend? Well, first and foremost, kind of a follow-up to what we talked about in hour one, that one of the Cowboys was going to be spending a big chunk of change to buy out NFL inventory of his uniform so he could switch to another number, his college number, this year. Well, then there's the story about star running back at Carolina, Christian McCaffrey, 
who says he is sticking with his jersey number 22 this season due to the cost. Huh. He will consider a switch to number five next year. Number okay. five's what he wore at Stanford. In fact, his exact quote on the conference call at Panthers minicamp, nope, won't be this year. We'll see. Five. It's a number that means a lot to me, five, but... That'll be a good chunk of change this year. He says, I, I want to no do five. It's going to cost you. It's going to cost you two million dollars. No, I'm going to pass. Five. I'm, I'm 22 this year. End quote. What is the most yeah. money you would spend on <laughs> oh. jersey? Almost uh, on on all of your jerseys. <laughs> Almost nothing. Like you said, it's a big. I waste wouldn't give of anybody. Money. Like, well, I mean, I listen. Zero. I, I I was number 44, Zero. and so I just don't understand this. Like, right now, I've got to change it. I've got to switch to my college number. Zero. Yeah. yeah. Go figure. Zero. I well, buy jerseys that yeah. don't belong to me for a number zero. that I'm no longer going to have? That's Where do I zero. sign up for that? NFL Zero. Rules. Well, the all-time points leader in the NFL is officially retiring. He said in a media appearance he's going to file the paperwork. Kicker Adam Vinatieri will no longer be in the league. Of course, Roger he didn't play that. last year. And if you saw him kick in 2019, you wondered why he was still even <laughs> retired at this point. But people uh, remember him from his first decade in the league with New England. He actually then played more than a decade with the Colts. But Adam Vinatieri is retiring. Sweep the leg. Well, I mean, they had that rare gift of going from him to Stephen Goskowski, Great yeah. kicker to great yeah. kicker. And you don't know what it's like to not have a great kicker until you don't have a great kicker. And then you, it sucks. For his long career... He made 84% of his field goal attempts. Wow! It was just sensational that this guy could, at the age of 48, be even making this announcement, quite frankly. But probably probably the best kicker I ever saw in my life. Yeah, Father Time is undefeated, except when you look like Father Time. Then you are defeated. <laughs> Well, no longer an Angel employee. We mentioned it earlier. It's official pitching coach Mickey Calloway is out, and MLB placed him on the restricted list through next year at least. Multiple accusations had flown of sexual harassment and mistreatment that spanned at least five years, including incident when he was Indians pitching coach. He was Mets manager for a couple years and then went to the Halos. Mickey Calloway, not being employed by anyone, Angels included now, found guilty of violating MLB policy. It's over, Johnny. And I mean, did, I, I, I don't want to see the text, but I kind of want to see the text. Hasta la vista. I just want to know what is, I mean, he obviously had to do something to which people felt super uncomfortable. Yeah, people get you fired. Yeah, there was yeah. a lot of, it was MLB. This is not a one accusation thing. Yeah, Clearly. No, it is not. Quarterback Tua Tungvaluwa admits he was not comfortable calling plays in year one as a pro QB. He said, the guys here were phenomenal, but I just didn't have the comfort of checking plays, alerting plays, and, quote, I didn't exactly know the playbook necessarily really, really good. And that's Who is no this? one else, Tua. That's no one else's fault but my tell. fault. I, mean, I thought play... it was more of a guide. I skimmed it. <laughs> Our play Thanks. calls were simple okay. when I was in, end quote. Wow. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't, like, know what I was doing, so I just kind of winged it. Yeah, let's let's not do that again. Hey, get out there and press. That was the press. The play calls were simple because I didn't know the the playbook. Yeah. Do you guys remember um what what we used to have Cliff Notes? Did you guys ever? I always thought oh, Cliff yeah. Notes was too much reading. Did you mind just read the book? I, don't know. I was too lazy to read the Cliff Notes. That's when you're really really lazy. Middle cough and Brandon Weed tomorrow. Doug Gottlieb show Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. 
And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at, at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Tura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts 